0: Knowledge is the key. CannabisRadio.com is here to keep you in the know on Just Say No. Did you know there are over 100 medical conditions that can benefit from cannabis therapy? Just Say No talks to patients who have used cannabis to treat their medical symptoms and create a better quality of life. Each week, we will tackle a chronic condition by talking to patients, doctors, and researchers with the goal to helping you live, learn, and thrive. Just Say Yes to Just Say No. Now here is your host, Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com.
1: Thank you for joining us. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com, and welcome to Just Say No. Each week here on Just Say No, we evaluate, investigate, and give a thorough look at all the various diseases that cannabis therapy can help improve the dignity and quality of life. Today on our show, we have Kevin Richardson. Very excited. Kevin is the founder of the Weed for Warriors Project. The Weed for Warriors project was founded in 2014 in San Francisco and the Greater Bay Area. Their purpose is to advocate to the Veterans Affairs Administration on behalf of all veterans. They want to allow them the freedom to use medical marijuana as a recognized medical alternative to psychiatric drugs. So welcome, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? So I wanted to start by asking you, when was your service? Where were you? How long were you there? Okay, yeah,
2: I enlisted into the Marine Corps in 2000. I was in boot camp from October to December. After boot camp, I went into School of Infantry and joined the fleet. And during my time in the fleet, 9-11 happened. And uh, I still remember the day I was in a barracks room waiting to go to PT formation. And somebody came in and said a plane had crashed uh, into the World Trade Centers. Right there, I knew we were getting deployed. And and we were the next unit on the deployment schedule. So we were deployed. In country, to Afghanistan, Pakistan, Africa, pretty much we didn't have an enemy yet. We were just trying to track down any terrorist activity. When I got back from deployment, we actually had a Marine that tried to commit suicide in the Marine Corps. uh, said we needed to teach a class on uh, suicide awareness. And my senior Marines thought it was in taste to teach a class on how to properly kill yourself. young marines so so just Yeah. yeah just just being in the military already i started to think you know suicide was weakness and and looking down upon these individuals that were pretty much crying out for help shortly after i got back i had an incident in my base housing where i woke up startled and saw somebody coming up into my house and grabbed the person, which happened to be my wife, got a rear naked choke and she's screaming and I came to. And when I reported that to my gunny, he told me, well, you should have done it. And so I started to think that these issues I was experiencing were just part of being in the military. And and I got out in 2004. I was going to reenlist, but they weren't going to give the options that I wanted to take. So in 2004, I got out of the Marine Corps and started contracting to the government, training uh, federal law enforcement
1: and security. I'm pretty interested to hear that. I, I thought the culture had kind of changed about PTSD in the military. Do you think since your deployment and getting back to today, it's changed? When
2: I was getting out, they gave me a survey that pretty much had about 10 questions on it. And after the completion of this survey, they said that I had the symptoms for PTSD. Not knowing what that was, I asked them, what is PTSD? They said it is a mental anxiety disorder. And I did not want to claim it because I wanted to get into law enforcement. And I thought that if I claimed that, I would not be able to get a job because I'd be labeled as crazy. Nowadays, they have improved. I don't think it's that much more improved. Pretty much when you're getting out of the military, if you're not going to re enlist, they, they really don't care what you want to do or what's wrong with you. Your time with them is done. So,
1: Let's talk about this chokehold you put your wife in. Was it up to your family and friends to kind of bring you to that point where you needed some help or, or what, what did you do? When
2: I got out, I was trying to chase that adrenaline rush. I started training in mixed martial arts, I ended up becoming a professional fighter. I was hooked on uh, opiates that the VA got me hooked on to. I was drinking heavily. I was taking everything from NyQuil, Benadryl, Flexorol, anything to try to help me sleep. My life was a mess. At work, I had a mask on. I I had to be a professional. I had to operate in a professional manner. But at home, I was throwing my wife's clothes out of the house. I was drinking up to two gallons of vodka a week, popping about 15 Norcos a day. I was an absolute mess. What really was the final draw was after several separations with my wife, I noticed my children were afraid to go places. They were really anxious. They would cry for no reason. Started seeing that that something was going wrong with me that was affecting not only my wife, but my children. So I, I went back into the VA hospital, met with a couple different doctors. They all came to the same conclusion that I have severe PTSD, it wasn't until about six years after I got out of the military that I, I pursued searching for some kind of help from the VA. You were dealing with this for six years? Correct. And, and what studies have shown is is without treatment, around four to six-year mark is when PTSD really strongly affects people if, if it goes untreated. I had several suicide attempts. Even during treatment, I had my worst suicide attempt. I, I took about 25 plus Percocets, and I blew a 400 on the alcohol test, which I don't know. They acted like that was like some kind of high score at the VA. But I spent a week in. It is, yes. <laughs> I, I spent a I spent a week in ICU. My heart wouldn't regain a normal rhythm, and then they told me to go into the loony bin, which was not by choice. And it was a a overall bad experience. And when I got out of that, I had another vet friend of mine who had 50% of his intestines removed due to Crohn's disease that he contracted from the anthrax shots they gave us asked me if I'd be willing to try cannabis. And I said, yeah, you know, I used to do it when I was younger. I smoked a lot of blunts and Drink a lot of forties, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, he said, "No, it's not like that anymore." You can yeah. do it medically, and, and he gave me a, a hundred uh, milligram capsule and a hundred and eighty milligram cookie, and me not knowing that two hundred eighty yeah. milligrams is probably not <laughs> your best first dose. No, I, I, I took both at the same uh-huh. time and. It was
1: not a good experience. (laughs) (laughs) That's worse than blowing a 400 or whatever it was. (laughs) Yeah, so from there, you probably toned it down a little bit. I do want to talk a little bit about I think what is kind of a shocking statistic, which is there's 22 veteran suicides a day in America. I know you have your own personal experience of going into this kind of cycle of rage and aggression. And do you feel like that's the same type of cycle a lot of people fall into with PTSD coming out of the military?
2: Yeah, for those numbers, the 22 a day, it's actually way worse than that. The data that's collected is only from 21 states and only from the veterans that are being seen by the VA. So the actual suicide number is probably double that number. But veterans, we're the smallest minority group. We only take up 7% of the national population, but we account for 20% of the suicide rate. My story, I mean, talking to other veterans and whatnot, I mean, we're all very similar. Our reaction with PTSD and also either suicide idealization or actually attempts. They say that a veteran knows at least three veterans that have attempted or if not committed suicide. I was all about being angry all the time, violence. I had uncontrollable rage. It just, my life was a mess. And through that, I started, when I started getting into cannabis and having sessions with other veterans, I noticed that I was getting some kind of relief from my PTSD, being able to fellowship, joke with other veterans. And, and, and I looked into it, you know, and, and if you look at, they did a study on football players and um, they found out that when they got out, when they retired from, the, um, from playing football, there was almost like a void in their brain. And what they found that was, is that team aspect yeah. Was missing, and it caused depression, and it caused other things, and, and so with Weed for Warriors project and our groups, we're trying to counter counter that depression, that missing of the camaraderie that we all miss, you know, from our military service, and get these veterans back involved. And once I started doing that, I started researching: is there anything local in my area? I came across another vet that was trying to start a group. Jake Scallion, who started Cannabis Corps, and then I got connected with Santa Cruz Veterans Alliance, and we really started just bringing it here in the Bay Area. And it started, veterans started telling me that that this saved their lives, that learning about cannabis and, and how it helps and fellowshipping with other veterans and getting involved
1: in the community saved their lives. Let's take a break here. I want to I want to talk about that. I want to go into the Weed for Warriors project, but right now we need to take a break. But when we come back, let's let's talk about that and let's go into the goal of Weed for Warriors and what and what you're doing for our
3: military.
0: We will be right back once you get to know our sponsors.
3: Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at OrangeHillDevelopment.com.
0: MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on MJWellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out MJWellness.com today.
1: What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm,
3: I wish that were the case. <laughs> <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com.
0: Just say no, spelled K-N-O-W is back with more conversation about curing and healing with cannabis only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Welcome back to Just Say No. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com. We're here talking with Kevin Richardson from the Weed for Warriors project. We've been discussing Kevin's personal experience with PTSD and how cannabis can help our veterans. We're also joined in this segment by Sean Kiernan. And Sean, tell us a little bit about how you're involved with Weed for Warriors.
4: I'm a veteran, and I got involved in the whole veteran cannabis movement via Dr. Sue Sisley and the University of Arizona, who was terminated for her federally approved research. That's been well publicized. And we, myself and my partner, Ricardo Paredes, met up with Kevin, and we've been talking to him for a while, and we decided to join him and help grow the Weed for Warriors project. So that's kind of what brings us here.
1: Oh, okay. So how how many chapters does Weed for Warriors currently have?
4: It's catching on all across the, the world, actually. So I had to check this morning. We have 12 active chapters in the U.S., and we actually have just launched a chapter in Australia. And we have a ton of interest just in the past few weeks, so we expect that to be growing rapidly.
1: Okay. That is a lot. That's a lot to manage. How has the reception been Within the Veterans Affairs Administration, I, I, do you feel like you're moving the needle in the right direction? Do they don't want to, do they not want to have anything
4: to do with you, or what's the reception to you? It's become more hard actually as this issue has become public, and I think it's because the institution of the prohibitionists are hardening here to try to defend a line. To give you an example of that, three years ago, Doctor Sisley, at the Phoenix VA was able to do a grand rounds which is where they go and they she talks to the doctors about her research and you know what she's looking for etc just very peer to peer discussion within the VA they have refused to let her do her grand rounds as this study's about to launch now in huh. fact we got a letter from Dr. Grippen who heads up the, the Phoenix VA just basically saying we're not going to help you so Ironically, I think we need to get traction in the public opinion through our senators and our House Representatives and our state legislatures to continue to put pressure and we 'll get these rules changed i mean we 're talking about the bureaucracy and they 're yeah. always uh, slow It seems like
1: with the veterans, this is something that we can all get behind and support, but again it 's kind of tied to the federal government, so it feels to me like they 're going to be the last to to accept this. Is that your feeling too?
4: Yeah, ironically, given the past three presidents have admitted to smoking it, <laughs> uh, I, think, I I do, and I think it's just a function of power. And, and in this country, those entranced with power have more power than the people trying to change things. I mean, public opinion is in the majority now that we should have medical marijuana, yet the federal government in the House actually just squashed the whole veterans' marijuana with the Careers actor, they're looking to. So yes, it's unfortunate, but I think it's it's been true with regards to every major public change.
1: Yeah. And outside of the Veteran Affairs Office, returning soldiers it seems like you're growing at a massive pace. They must just really be taking to this when they get home. Or right, the word that you're getting out, people seem to connect with it right away.
4: I think one of the interesting things that I've observed in in the veteran community is the generational gap. Yeah. Old-time veteran organizations have been very slow to take up our cause, and they're mainly staffed by Korean and Vietnam vets. And we do get a support from a lot of Vietnam vets, especially, you know, infantry guys who were on the front lines and, and they reach out and, you know, they're, they still like it saved my life, but it's a generational gap. So the younger generation, especially those from Iraq and Afghanistan are standing up for their rights, I think, unlike the previous generations, not because they wouldn't or didn't want to. It was just socially a very different time. And I think so you're seeing the younger vets take charge here on this issue.
1: The interesting thing is each state has different regulations. We all know that. You guys made a little bit of news recently with Chris Lemonowski. Uh, Can you tell me a little bit about his case?
4: Yeah, he was medically separating in Oklahoma, so he had to be there. He's a three-tour vet of Afghanistan and Iraq. He has three children, he's happily married, and he's been diagnosed as 100% disabled. He had an episode one night, which caused and precipitated, you know, fighting at the house, yelling at the house. Neighbors called the police. Uh, Chris was arrested. And From there, they got a search warrant and searched the house and found six marijuana plants, an ounce, actually a little less than an ounce of flour, and they charged him with growing and, I believe, distribution. But he then hired an attorney, bonded out, and ended up coming to California to to settle, and Oklahoma just – issued a warrant about a while back. He was arrested. He's been in California for about 20 days. He got moved to Oklahoma and he sits potentially facing life in prison, overgrowing six marijuana plants and having about an ounce of dried marijuana to treat his PTSD. That's service related. How do you even
1: <laughs> deal with that type of situation? It seems so out of control that are veterans being targeted by, is this just a state issue? Is this Oklahoma trying to make an example out of somebody or well, does everybody get treated this way? Or do you feel like there's a different treatment for veterans? I would, I would assume it would be better.
4: The problem is with our black and white laws. And yeah, you yeah. know, when you have things that are three strikes and you're out or minimal sentencing, anytime you do stuff like that, instead of people falling through the cracks and you have an OJ Simpson type issue, which is what precipitated a lot of these laws, then I think you're going to have these issues. So I would say it's a systemic issue. I don't think the DA or anybody, I hope not, is actively targeting vets. But given veterans' unique issues, they get caught up in things at probably a higher rate than the average public. You know, domestic violence being a big issue, which precipitated this. And also marijuana laws, given the PTSD rate we have and how the younger generation is – choosing to treat it. So tell me a little bit about
1: the Smoke Down Veterans Affair and the Veteran Cannabis Tour. I know you guys are going all over the country. Where are you going to be? How can people join up with that?
4: Let me give a shout out to Ricardo, my partner. He's the one who's been driving full force ahead with a lot of help from a lot of veterans and a lot of civilians who are very supportive organizations but you know one thing we want to do is raise awareness and raise awareness about medical cannabis about veterans and how veterans choose to medicate themselves and many of the issues we've talked about the state law issues the federal issues prohibiting research and so what we're going to do is in october we are going to leave Los Angeles for a caravan of veterans and, and others who are supportive of our causes across the country to arrive in Washington, D.C. for Veterans Weekend, and we are along the way going to stop. The itinerary is, I believe, set, so I think this is what it is, but I'm talking off the top of my head. It's <laughs> basically going to be L.A. to Vegas to Denver down to Austin, Dallas, New Orleans, Atlanta, Philly, Baltimore, and Washington, D.C. And we're going to do that in over a two- to three-week period. We are going to be shooting a documentary on the way regarding PTSD. A group of vets are going to be doing this and raising awareness city by city. Okay, great. Well, we need to
1: take a break. But when we come back, we'll talk about what types of marijuana help with PTSD and other conditions facing our returning veterans.
0: We will be right back once you get to know our sponsors. Just Say No, spelled K-N-O-W, is back with more conversation about curing and healing with cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Welcome back. I'm Ryan Hunt from MJWellness.com, and we've been talking about the reaction within the military to Weed for Warriors with our guest, Kevin Richardson. Kevin, my initial reaction when I first heard about this to using marijuana to deal with PTSD was just straight up fear for veterans who are using it. You know, the contemplative headspace and paranoia seems to be a place we don't want people suffering from PTSD to go. How does marijuana help people dealing with PTSD?
2: Back a little bit to my story with that initial 280 milligrams that I
1: took, it did trigger a lot of paranoia. That's enough to put down an elephant, I mean. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I didn't even get
2: any sleep either. It was like my brain was having a rave without me. Um, Yeah. But I started researching, and again, I got my card, and I would go down to the dispensary, and everybody's telling me, oh, you got to try top-shelf this and top-shelf that. It was still triggering that paranoia. So through Santa Cruz Veterans Alliance, I found out about microdosing. Little is more, per se. So I started, instead of trying to smoke a whole bowl or something like that, I started to do one or two hits. And through that, I started researching about the terpenes. And terpenes is what really helps with PTSD. And and two of the main terpenes you want to look for in a cannabis strand that you're looking to help with post-traumatic stress disorder is limonene which is a major terp found in citrus. It helps elevate mood. It also helps with heartburn and, and acid reflux, which can be associated to stress. And then also linalool, which is prominent in terpene and lavender, and it helps with anxiety and mediates stress. Now, some of the strands that you're going to want to look for is any Kush strand. One of my favorite is Confidential Cheese. And also CBDs like Cannatonic, ACDC. My personal regimen, as veterans, we shouldn't be looking at doing large quantities. We should be looking at what it takes to get back into life and to lower some of the symptoms that we have. Because cannabis by no means is a cure for PTSD. It's a tool to help us get back our life. So what I'm down to now is I do 14 milligrams CBD six milligrams
1: THC in the morning. Oh, wow. That's a and high ratio of CBD to THC. Do you feel high?
2: No, I just feel kind of relaxed as a father, as a husband, as you know, somebody who's trying to establish a nonprofit organization uh, and and help veterans. I can't have my mind clouded or anything like that, and so yeah. by doing that with CBD, CBD actually helps alleviate stress it helps with anxiety it helps with inflammation and i went from taking 14 different prescriptions to taking just cannabis and what i look for is what are my symptoms and and i have you know uh, back issues i have leg nerve damage i have knee issues and and really bad back spasms along with traumatic brain injury PTSD. So CBD helps with all those symptoms. And when needed, like if, if it's a bad day, I'll, I'll do a little bit more THC. Um, yeah. Is this all you take now? Yeah, it's all I take. And then at night, I do 50 milligrams of THC to help me sleep. And I do this all by a capsule. Um, the only time yeah. I really, the only time I really smoke now is if if one, I'm introducing another veteran into cannabis, I'll work things with them. One thing I do recommend for veterans not to try right off the bat is any cannabis with the terpene, pinene, because okay. it tr- it triggers memory retention and it
1: makes you alert. Are we talking about sativas here, like a flower? Yeah, sativa yeah, yeah a lot that? of sativa.
2: Yeah. a lot of well, there is some CBDs and some indica strands that have pinene in it, but it's majorly found in, in uh, sativas. Yeah. But sativa's also help you feel uplifted. When a veteran is ready to move into that point, two that I recommend is Blue Dream or Jack Hair. Uh, uh, yes,
1: Blue Dream Our is a little too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Blue Dream's a Just little so bit. Just generally, more, you guys should be smoking Blue Dream. And-
2: yeah, Blue Dream's actually one of my favorites. I make I make all my own caps, and I make it with Blue Dream because Blue Dream is a little bit even keeled. I think because it's a hybrid, it kind of cancels out some of the negative effects of Indica and Sativa. And so it's it's very balanced. I've had good response from veterans with Blue Dream and Jack Hair. But I do not recommend getting into anything with pining until you have a little bit of knowledge base on what it's actually doing to you. So you're not overly paranoid when you uh, when you do well. do it.
1: Yeah, well, that is good, good advice. I, I agree with you. and I think we all could uh, do well with going with the blue dreams. But we are all out of time. I do want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Just Say No. We'd like to thank our guests, Kevin and Sean, and the producers for making this show possible. You can download episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and very soon, iHeartRadio. Also, you can follow the show on Facebook and Google+. For more information about our guests and to read more about patients using marijuana to control their symptoms, please go to mjwellness.com. And for more information about Sean and Kevin, visit the Weed for Warriors project. You can visit that at wfwproject.org. Or on Facebook, you can follow them at Weed for Warriors.